One of the things that you'll learn about me is the louder you are, the quicker you go home. The quieter you are, man, I got all day in Jesus' name. How you doing today? There you go. A lot better. Man, thank you guys so much for being here. Hey, we are continuing in our series called Felt Board Faith, and we've been looking at Bible stories from our childhood, and so these are very familiar Bible stories we've been looking at, but we've been kind of stepping back and looking at them with fresh eyes, if you will, to see what lessons God is trying to teach us in this season that we're in, and so the first week, we talked about Jonah and the big fish. Come on, how do you remember that story, Jonah and the big fish? Last week, we talked about about Daniel and the lion's den. Today, however, because here's the thing, guys, you can't talk about Bible stories from your childhood and not talk about this story. This is one of the most widely known stories in all of the Bible, and it is David and... Goliath. That's right. And so to help me today, I have got young Abigail that's going to come up at this time to help me out. Give her a hand. Come on, Miss Abigail. Such a great job. I've got a mic just for you, girlfriend. So Abigail, I understand that today is a big day for you. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. What is today? Sunday. Sunday, yeah. Church day. See, y'all heathens. Anyway, it's Sunday, amen. What is today for you? It's a big day for you. What is it? My birthday. Your birthday. Amen. So, guys, here's what I want to do. We've got Abigail. It's her birthday today. We've also got one of our students out in our Bridge Students uh, building next to us. And one of those guys is his birthday as well. So, can you guys help me out? Let's sing happy birthday to Abigail. Is that okay with you? Yeah. Yes. So, all right. So, you got, they got to sing loud, don't they? Okay. Yes. Like really loud. Yes. Yes, because we're celebrating who? My birthday. Amen. So, let's sing loud, guys. Come on. Happy birthday to you. you. Happy birthday to you. you. Happy birthday, dear. Abigail. Happy birthday to you. Yes. What's up, girlfriend? You like that? How old are you? I'm six. Six years old. So, Abigail, real quick, what can you tell me about the story of David and Goliath? What can you tell me? David, he got a sling jar and put rocks in it, and he flew, he turned the thing, and he knocked the giant down. Knocked him down, didn't he? Hey, do you think David was scared of that guy? No. No. Let me ask you this. This guy was over nine foot tall. Would you have been scared of Goliath? Yes. Yes. Do you think all of these people would have been scared of Goliath? Yes. Yes. But why wasn't David scared of Goliath? Because Jesus was with him. Woo! Come on, girl. Thank you, Miss Abigail. Give her a big hand. 
That is so awesome. I'm going to start like calling some adults up here and see how good you guys can do. Amen. So great job, Miss Abigail. Happy birthday. I hope you have a great birthday. So hey guys, listen, talking about David and Goliath, talking about this giant of a man, and one of the things that kind of came to my mind is if you're like most people, chances are pretty good that you battle with different fears throughout your life. And oftentimes these fears can paralyze you to the point where this fear can actually become a giant in your life. And you know, it's interesting because they say when you're born, you're actually only born with two different types of fears. Number one, there's the fear of falling and there's the fear of loud noises. That's the only two fears you're born with. But as you realize the longer you live and the more you go throughout your life, you begin to take on these different fears, these different giants in your life. So let me ask you this. How many of you, when you were growing up, or were you afraid of the dark? Come on, raise your hands. I mean, you were afraid of the dark, like the boogeyman's coming to get you in Jesus' name. So how many of you guys are still afraid of the dark? Come on, raise your hands. Thank you for being honest. What about this? How many of you guys are afraid of spiders? Come on, anybody in the house afraid of spiders? What about this one? How many of you guys are afraid of thunderstorms? Anybody afraid of thunderstorms? You used to be afraid of, you're in church. You used to be afraid of thunderstorms. Thunderstorm come, what would you do? You would run to mom and dad's bed and like help protect me and all of that. What about this one? This one's a big one for me. What about when you were laying in the bed as a child, you would never let your hand or your foot over the side of the bed because there was a man under the bed who would pull you up under the bed. Come on, is anybody other than me? Thank you for being honest. And so what would you do at night if you had to get up and go to the restroom in order to get back in the bed, you would run and jump in the bed, jumping over the man under the bed. Is anybody living in my world? Thank you for being honest today. The reality is, guys, we take on all of these different fears as we go through life. Now, the cool thing about this is this fall, we're going to be doing a whole series on running scared. Like, how do we overcome the different fears that we have in our life? But for the time being, I want to give you three basic fears. These are not in your notes. I just want to give you three fears that I think all of us kind of have dealt with or are dealing with. The first one is the fear of loss. The fear of loss. Uh, there's this fear of losing your family, losing your marriage, losing your finances, losing your passion, losing your youth. There's this fear that seems to paralyze us. It's the fear of loss. But then there's also the fear of failure. Uh, this is a big one. A lot of people are paralyzed by this fear to the point where they will never step out and start anything new. Because they're afraid that if I step out, then I'm going to fail. So there's the fear of failure. And then there's also the fear of the unknown. 
A lot of people deal with this one, and this one is basically that dread of what's going to happen next. And so these are kind of three fears. Now, let me ask you this. Be honest with me today. How many of you, one of these fears describes you? Come on, raise your hands. Thank you for being honest. How many of you in here, all three of these fears describe you? Come on, being honest, okay? Can I just say this to you right now? I am afraid for you. I am very afraid for you right now, and I'm just totally joking. Y'all missed the moment. But anyway, all right. The point is, a lot of us battle fears as we go through our life, and we're paralyzed by these giants that seem to come against us. But I want to give you a scripture today right off the bat, and I want you to internalize this. I want you to write this down. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7 says this, God has, what's that word there? Come on, turn to somebody and say, no go, bro. No go. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power and love and a sound mind. Here's what I want you to understand. If right now in your life, if you're dealing with fear, if you're dealing with anxiety, if you are facing those giants in your life, according to God's word, God has not given you that. He's not giving you that. Your life should not be ruled by fear, anxiety, depression, and doubt. But our lives are be, to be ruled by God and not be consumed with these giants of fear that comes against us. And I begin to think about David and really if there was anyone who had more opportunity to be afraid and to deal with fear, it would have been David. Now, David was this young man who, let's just be honest, was overlooked by everybody, including his father. And you know the story. David is out there. He's, he's watching, watching the sheep. And Samuel the prophet comes to his dad, Jesse, and says, Hey, Jesse, call all of your sons together. One of your sons is going to be the next king of Israel. It's going to be a great moment. And so Jesse pulls the sons in a room. You know the story. Samuel's looking. He's like, It's none of these guys. Do you have another one? And it dawns on Jesse. Wait a minute. I do have another son. His name is David. He's in the field completely overlooked him. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever felt overlooked in your life? Have you ever had those times in your life where you felt like nobody saw the value in you? Nobody saw the gifting in you. Nobody saw the worth in you. If you've ever felt like that, you're in good company because David felt like that as well. So David comes on the scene, powerful moment. He is anointed to be the next king. But watch what happens right after that powerful moment, right after that anointing, David immediately goes right back into the field and starts watching the sheep. Why is that? Because sometimes there takes a moment between the anointing and the appointing. There takes a moment in that in-between, between the anointing and the appointing. What are you doing with that? And so here's David, and David just keeps serving like crazy, just keeps doing what he's been called to do, and all of a sudden there's this battle that ensues. This battle is raging on. There's a giant in the valley. And you can pick this story up in 1 Samuel chapter 17 where you've got the armies of Israel on one side of the mountain and the Philistines are on the other side of the mountain. And here's this giant in the middle in the valley and he's screaming obscenities at the people of God. These mighty warriors, these men of God, and yet they're afraid. And where is David in all of this? He's watching the sheep. So his dad comes to David and says, hey, David, I'm going to pack you up some pimento cheese sandwiches, brother. I want you to go take them out to your boys because they're in the battle. 
So David says, cool, I'm going. He gets the sandwiches. He goes to the battlefield. He's looking for his brothers. His brothers see him. His brother says, David, shh, come here. Be quiet. And all of a sudden, he hears out of his ears this giant screaming, send me out a man to fight. And if I defeat him, you'll become our slaves. But if he defeats me, we'll become your slaves. And it's in that moment that all of Israel, these mighty warriors, these mighty men of God, have been paralyzed by a giant of fear. And everyone's afraid but David. And I began to think about what was it about David? What kind of qualities did he have? What are, what are some of the things that he had going for him that would allow him to stand in faith and not fear? And I believe that David kind of honed in on one big central point. And this is what I want to give you today. If you're taking notes, write this down. Giants fall when faith and availability come together. Giants fall when faith and availability come together. Let me ask you a question. Would you fight this giant? If we had a time machine and we were to put you in the time machine and carry you all the way back to the valley of Elah, would you be willing to go toe-to-toe, head-to-head with this giant of a man? And I know you're in church and you're feeling real holy right now and you're probably saying yes, but the truth of the matter is none of us would. But here's David, and he's willing to step out onto a field and do something that nobody else is willing to do. Think about this. Here's a young man, teenager at the time. He's been overlooked by everyone, including his own family, including his own father. And yet God has anointed him and appointed him for such a time as this, for this moment in this valley, in this battle. And David was willing to step out. Can you imagine the faith in God it took to step out on that day? What was it about David? What kind of faith did he have to be able to do this? And I want to give you real quickly today four principles that we need to understand about David's faith. Four principles to understanding David's faith. And these are the principles that you're going to have to apply to your own life. Here's the first one. Number one, David had faith in spite of Goliath's size. David had faith in spite of Goliath's size. Now, we know from Scripture that Goliath is over nine foot tall. He's got a helmet that weighs 30 pounds. Can you imagine that? Imagine a football helmet. The average weight of a football helmet is five pounds. And this guy's got a helmet that weighs 30 pounds. Not only that, he's got scale armor on his body that weighs 125 pounds. I've got a teenager at my house, and I'm imagining David as a teenager. He was not 125 pounds, even if he was soaking wet, with weights attached to him. So he's got this giant of a man with his armor weighing 125 pounds. The tip of his spear weighs 15 pounds. And we could keep going on and on and on, but here's what I want you to understand. This giant is not just tall, he's strong. There's a reason why all of the mighty men of Israel did not want to fight against him. And it wasn't like Goliath just came out one time and shouted obscenities. The Bible says he came out day after day after day, 40 days straight. He's standing in his valley and he's shouting these obscenities. Can I just ask you this? How many of you right now has the fear, the giant in your life staring you in the morning every time you wake up? 
Every day you wake up, there's that fear. There's that giant. As you go throughout your day, there's fear. There's the giant. As you go to bed, there's fear. There's the giant. And all you do is think about it and you dream about it. For 40 days, this guy comes out and he's shouting and the warriors are doing nothing. And here comes David. And David steps out in a moment in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 26. Watch what he says. He says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And I'm like, David, language, bro. You understand this is going to be in the word. But anyway, David understood this one big point right here. This man has no authority to speak against the people of God. No authority to speak against the people of God. David stood there in that moment and said, we are not people of fear. We are people of faith. And we're not going to bow down and allow something to speak to us that has no right. How many times in your life have you allowed something to speak to you that has no right? How many times in your life have you allowed something to come against you and influence you that has no right? How many times in your life have you stood for something that you know you shouldn't have stood for? Those fears, those giants. Here's something I want to point out to you. This is not in your notes, but I want you to internalize what I'm about to say. You don't just have to face the giant. You're going to have to face your giant. You're going to have to face your giant. There's always going to be a giant between you and your destiny. There's always going to be that giant there. And chances are, when you begin to go after God and say, God, I want you to do something great in me. I want to do something great for you. I want to move your kingdom forward. I just want to be used by you. Chances are, when you do that, there's going to be a giant to show up in your life. Now, I know when I was growing up, we used to have a game called Mario Brothers. Come on, anybody remember Mario Brothers? We used to love to play Mario Brothers. And in Mario Brothers, at the end of that level, there was this little dragon that you had to defeat in order to go to the next level. And oftentimes, you got a little scared because you're like, man, I don't know if I can defeat that dragon. And so I had a lot of friends that said, you know what, man, I'm just fine with bumping around, collecting coins, collecting mushrooms and all that. I'm just fine staying where I'm at. And that's the attitude we take in life oftentimes. I'm fine where I'm at. I'm comfortable. I've got a good job. I've got a great family. Life is good. I'm fine where I'm at. Even though you know that God has called you to something greater than just sitting here. Even though you know that God is wanting to do something great in your heart and in your life. But oftentimes we take on this mindset to say, God, I'm just going to live here. But you understand that God didn't call you to just stay where you are. He called you to move forward. He called you to keep pressing on. And when you do that, at some point in time, you're going to have to face your giant. And I don't know what your giant is. It may be bills that you can't pay. It may be grades you can't make. It may be people you can't please, a relationship you just can't seem to figure out. It may be a marriage you just can't put together. It may be a past that you can't shake. It may be a future that you don't even know how to deal with and you don't even know what to do. At some point in time in your life, you've got to face your giant, whatever that is. David's realization that day was we are people of God. And what are we doing? We are cowering to a mere man when we've got God on our side. David understood what Isaiah said when Isaiah said that God said this, heaven is his throne and earth is his footstool. 
You understand that God is all-knowing and all-powerful. He holds the very breath we breathe in the palm of His hand. And He says to us, The battles you fight are not yours, but mine, saith the Lord. And so David understood that. Even though there's a giant in the valley, it's not really me fighting, it's God fighting for me. And so David steps out on the battlefield with kind of a phrase that has been coined many times. And he looks at him and says, Goliath, everybody else thinks you're too big to fight. I think you're too big to miss. Come on, get some. So it's in that moment that David has faith in spite of Goliath's size. And as you step up, as you step out into this thing called life to do something great for God, you're going to have to have faith that your God is bigger than the giant that is in front of you, whatever that giant is. Here's the second principle I want you to learn. David had faith in spite of ridicule. You understand it's never easy to be ridiculed. And it's especially hard when someone is ridiculing you that is part of your family, somebody you're close to. And David is receiving some harsh criticism from his brother. Let's look at verse 28. When Elab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men. See, here's what David was doing. David was going throughout all the camp, and he was like, hey... Man, what's in store for the guy that beats Goliath? Everybody's standing around. And so David figures it out. Hey, man, you get free taxes for life and the king's daughter. David's like, sign me up for that one. So David's figuring all this out and his brother is mad. And it said he burned with anger at him and asked him, why have you come down here? Whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? He's making fun of him. He's basically saying, David, you're not a warrior. You're not a great man. You're you're just a shepherd boy. Why are you here? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. Well, we know that's not true. He came down to bring some plenty of tea sandwiches to these guys. Sometimes the people that are around you will be the ones that will come against you the most. Have you ever wondered why that happens? You ever wondered why it is when you step up and say, man, I'm going to start my own business. I'm going to to do something in the ministry. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And the people closest to you, what did they do? (laughs) Yeah, good luck with that. Why is that? Why is it? Why does God allow my own brothers to challenge the very things that he has called me to do? And I think I found the answer. Because if someone can talk you out of what God has talked you into, then you'll never have the faith that you need to stand the giants down in your life. You've got to have this faith to say, God's called me to do something great. And regardless of what you say, I'm going to fight through this. I'm going to make this marriage work. I'm going to move forward. I'm going to do something great for God. I'm going to serve in the ministry. I'm going to give like crazy. I'm going to do this. I'm going to be a part of a bridge group because God's going to bring somebody into my life to help strengthen me. Here is David and all his brothers are ridiculing him. But David knew, wait a minute, guys, I'm not here for my own fame. I'm not here for my own glory. I'm here because God has put me here and he faces the ridicule. I mean, even when David stepped up and said, hey, I'm going to fight the giant, his brothers were like, man, what are you doing? Don't you know those sheep are calling you right now? They need you. And yet David knew in his heart, man, God's called me to something great. He's not meant for me to just sit here idly by, but he's called me to move forward. And so he had faith 
In spite of the size of this giant, he had faith in spite of the ridicule. But every time ridicule comes, you know what ridicule's close brother is? Doubt. David had faith in spite of the king's doubt. Notice, not only did his brothers ridicule him, now he's got the king doubting him. Isn't it interesting to note that how the scripture talks about Elab, his oldest brother was this tall young man. He was kingly. He was built. He was broad. Saul, the Bible says, was head and shoulders above everyone else. So you've got these two valiant fighters and yet neither one of them are willing to step out. And here comes this overlooked teenage shepherd boy stepping forward and he makes himself available and then all the doubts come. Anytime you step out in faith, I promise you, you'll have no shortage of doubters. Verse 33, it says this, Saul, here's the king. King Saul replied to him, you're not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You're only a young man. You're just a boy. You're a youth. This man has been a warrior from his youth. The king's saying, David, man, look at you. Look at who you are. You're just a boy. And this guy has been fighting. He's been trained to be a warrior since he was a boy. But David doesn't take any of that to heart because he knows that God can deliver him. Why? Because God had done it before. Let me prove it to you. Verse 34 through 37. Here's this conversation between David and Saul. David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and carried off that sheep from the flock, I went after it, stuck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, watch what he says. I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Hashtag He-Man. Come on, Bear Grylls got nothing on my brother. David's like, oh, y'all think y'all all good and mighty because y'all shooting deer and all that good stuff? He said, man, I grabbed a bear by the neck of the neck and killed him. I grabbed a lion and pal-drabbed him and killed him. This guy is a manly man. He said, your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. Here he is again. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them Because he has defiled the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. David said, you know what? God has delivered me before. He'll deliver me again. He had that faith. In spite of the size of this giant, in spite of the ridicule, in spite of the doubts. Here's the last one I want to get to you. Number four, David had faith. Because he had seen God's faithfulness before. He's seen God's faithfulness before. Have you ever seen God faithful in your life? Have you ever prayed about something and sought God for something and God showed up and answered that? Have you ever had a time in your life where you fell on hard times financially and God spoke to your heart and said, hey you to give that and you gave it not knowing how you were going to make it not knowing how if it was going to work and yet God provided all throughout our lives I think that we all bump up against what I would call faith builders there's some places that God wants to carry you but in order to get you there he has to first strengthen your faith And so you may have to go through a few valleys. You may have to fight a few giants so that when you're standing there and your giant is standing in front of you, you could say like David said, hey, 
I'm not worried about it. Because when I look back at my life, I've seen the hand of God weaving its way through, protecting me, blessing me, putting me up and putting me where I am. You know, it's funny, David was actually the same one that quoted and said, I was young and now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread. David said, man, I've been here before. I've been through some battles. I've been through some fights. Come on, anybody ever had to fight a little bit? You ever had to battle some stuff? You had to go through some tough times and you didn't know how you were going to make it. You didn't know how you were going to come out of it. But all of a sudden, right when it felt like your world was crumbling and it felt like you weren't going to make it and you didn't know how it was going to come together, all of a sudden God comes in and puts it all back together for you. That's the faith builder. And here's David, this teenage boy who was overlooked, but because of his faith in God, God elevated him. But remember, it takes two things. Let's, let's, put, that, let's put that phrase back on the screen because giants can only fall, not when it's just faith. Come on, not when it's just availability. It's like a math equation. It it, it takes both of them coming together. Giants fall when faith and availability come together. That completes the equations. James says that faith without works is dead. It, It takes both of these principles coming together and operating in your life. So where is the availability? Verse 32, David said to Saul, Let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Hey, I'll go and fight him. Put me in, coach. I'm ready to play. He's just a teenager. He's not a warrior. He's not even in the army. He's just a shepherd. He just come bringing some food. But never underestimate what can happen when you make yourself available to be used by God. Faith and availability to collide in the person of David and the giant failed. But we oftentimes kind of get this wrong. We say David killed Goliath. But David really didn't kill Goliath. God did. Let me prove it to you. 45 through 47. David's on the battlefield. This over nine foot tall giant is there. He's, he's got this huge giant. He's faced the ridicule from his brother. He faced the, the doubt from the king, but he knows where God has brought him from before. And so now he's in this moment. It's him and the Philistine. And he says, you've come against me with sword and spirit and javelin, but I've come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. This day, what does he say? The Lord will deliver you into my hands and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day, I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And all those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. Here it is. For the battle is the Lord's. 
And He will give all of you into our hands. You know what He did? David stepped out onto that battlefield and said, Goliath, you know what, buddy? If you were just fighting me, you're absolutely right. It wouldn't even be a match. It wouldn't even be nothing. You would crumble me. He said, but I need to let you know something. You're not fighting me. You're fighting God. Can I ask you a question? What's your giant right now? What are you battling? What are you struggling with? What are you facing that nobody knows but you? Is it a sickness? Is it disease? Is it, is it debt? Is it depression? Is it anxiety? What is your giant that you're fighting right now? Can I just encourage you to look back on your life And watch and see how God has been faithful all through your life. And He's brought you here for this moment, for this time, for right now, to get you in a room, to hear the equation on how you can break free faith and availability. When they come together, the giant in your life will fall. Stand with me all over the house. When was the last time you said, Lord, use me? Here I am. I make myself available to you. The last time you said that. Lord, here I am. Man, put me in, coach. I don't care if I got to be the water boy. I don't care if I got to bring the pimento cheese sandwiches. Just put me in, coach. I'm ready to play. The problem in life is we spend most of our time on the sidelines of life, holding our pom-poms, cheering everybody else on, when God said, I need somebody like a David. To be willing to take the pom-poms, put them down, put on your jersey, and get in the game. Because if you get in the game, then you've made yourself available. And when you make yourself available, faith will arise in your soul. And giants will fall. What's God calling you to? Man, I'm looking out over this room and I see person after person after person and I know your stories and I know where you've been and I know how God has used you and how God has blessed you and every single time that's happened, can I tell you what I saw? I saw the equation coming together. Faith and availability. Faith and availability. Turn to somebody right now and say faith and availability. Faith and availability. Faith and availability. Faith and availability. I want to get this in your spirit. I want you to, I want you to look. I want you to wake up at 1 o'clock in the morning and the first thing that pops in your mind is faith and availability. Faith and availability. What's God calling you to? What's your giant? Don't let it paralyze you with fear. Don't walk around being depressed, filled with anxiety. There's an equation. 
It's going to help you. Father, thank you for these moments. Thank you for everyone that's being willing to, to gather here today. Thank you for all of those listening by podcast. Father, thank you. And Lord, I pray right now that you would just speak into our hearts as you already have. Help us to grab hold of this equation to put it in place in our hearts and our lives and help us to step forward. Lord, I pray that we'll never look at this story of David and Goliath the same ever again, but when we look at it, we're going to see the equation coming together. And Lord, we're going to be willing to step out on the field of life and say, God, put me in. You've called me. You've anointed me and you've appointed me. I'm ready to go. Use me. In Jesus' name. Let me ask you something. Heads bowed. How many of you in here today could just be honest with God and say, Pastor, man, I'm, I'm fighting a giant right now. Could you pray for me? Would you be willing to slip a hand up right where you are? I see it. Look at me. Just about every hand went up in this place. I don't know what you're dealing with and I don't know what you're battling, but here's what I know. I'm young. I'm not old, but I'm not so young. But I've never seeing the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread. I serve a God that can rescue me, that can heal me, that can deliver me. I serve a God that can do all things, but here's what I want you to get. Even if he chooses not to, he's still God. And I've been in this thing called faith for too long now for you to be able to ridicule or talk me out of something because I've seen God's hand move in my life in miraculous way more times than I can imagine. And for those of you that raised your hand, a lot of you, whatever your giant is, I want to encourage you today and I want to let you know that God knows exactly what you're dealing with. He knows what the giant you're fighting is and He can help you. And He will help you. Make yourself available to Him call out to Him and watch God's hand move in your life. Now let me pray with you. Father, you saw these hands and there were a lot of them. And so God, right now I just lift these individuals up to you. I pray for them. I bless them, Lord. And I pray, God, that the equation will begin to come together, that the giants in their life will begin to fall right now. God, that something miraculous will start taking place in their hearts, in their lives, in their world. Lord, we're not meant to live our lives in fear. We're not meant to be paralyzed by these giants that have come against us, but we're meant to serve you and worship you. And so maybe you're in here today, and maybe sometime in the disservice you thought to yourself, man, you know what, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I hear the equation, but I... What's the starting point, Pastor? Where where do I start at? Here's your starting point right now. You've got to start by simply accepting Christ as your Savior. 
You've got to start by opening your heart up to Him and saying, God, here's the first step of faith and here's the first step of availability. Here's where the equation really comes together. God, I believe that You are the Son of God and I'm opening my heart and life up to You today and I'm asking You to save my soul. I'm making myself available and I am resigning as the CEO of my life so that you can come live inside of me and take up residence. If that describes you, if you're serious with God, I want you to know He's serious with you. You're about to make one of the greatest decisions of your life. If you say, Pastor, today is my day, I'm ready to go all in. Would you just be willing to slip a hand and say, that's me. I want to receive Him today as my Savior. I'm resigning, seize the hand. I'm resigning as the CEO of my life. And I'm ready to go all in. Church, we pray this together. Look at me. We're a family. We pray this together. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. Father, I believe you died on the cross and you rose the third day. Forgive me of my sins. Save me. Today is the day the equation comes together. Faith and availability have come together and as a result the giants in my life will fall in Jesus name come on give God a big hand clap of praise all over the house